Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. A big story, of course, in our part of the world and across baseball. Max Scherzer traded from the Mets to the Texas Rangers. And to end the Mets also trading David Robertson and getting back prospects. And so I thought to myself, look, we can sit here and we can either throw out bouquets or we can rip Billy Epler and talk about prospects that many of us have never actually seen play. Or we can have somebody on as a guest of the program who actually has watched them play and can give us a little bit more of an educated opinion. And with that, um, for Mets and Yankees, we bring in to talk prospects Sam Dykstra from MLB Pipeline and M, uh, MILB Pipeline. Talks about the minor leagues um, for uh, MLB Pipeline and is also in charge of actually um, ranking the Mets prospects for MLB Pipeline. Sam, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, so this time of year, you know, we all start looking at scouting reports, and a lot of the experts actually end up citing Pipeline as as their source for whether this team did well or not well in a trade. Let's start with this Max uh, Scherzer trade. And the Mets give... million with Scherzer so that they get a better prospect back. Let's start with what did they get in Luis Angel Acuna? What kind of player did they get? Yeah, so he's currently ranked at number 44 on our top 100. Um, We're about to update the top 100 in August. And, you know, through the early drafts that we're going through right now, he's pretty much going to hold in that 40 to 50 range, I think. Um, but what's clear is he's going to be the Mets' best prospect. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to you guys talk about this a little bit before I came on, and a lot of that scouting report is true. He's basically hit everywhere he's gone throughout the minor leagues. He's already at Double A at 21 years old. Uh, we expect it to be an above-average hit tool. The power is going to play eventually. He needs to elevate the ball more. He's putting the ball on the ground a lot. You can't hit homers if you're hitting the ball on the ground. But that's something that usually comes later in a hitter's development. So if the power is already there and he's already hitting the ball pretty hard as is, just needs to learn to elevate. We think that's going to come in time. He's played a lot of short in the Rangers organization. He's played some second base, even sprinkled in some center field. And that's because he's so athletic. He has above average plus speed. He can cover a lot of ground at all three of those spots up the middle. Um, But for the Mets, you know, you look at their situation right now, Francisco Lindor's locked up for the rest of the decade. Uh, Acuna can easily slide over to second base, and I think he could be not only above average, potentially plus there, without having to worry about roaming 
you know, the deep hole of, of shortstop and having to worry about pressing his arm a little bit. Um, so there are certainly interesting pieces there. He's a prospect. He hasn't seen AAA yet. You know, there's still some question marks. It's not a sure thing that he's going to be a 20 home run hitter. Uh, but there are some decent pieces here. And I think the, the Mets did pretty well for Max Scherzer, who very well could have opted out in the offseason and they would have gotten nothing for him after a rough major league season. So as you mentioned, he's in Acuna's in double a right now about when would you guess he would be ready to you know obviously there's never any guarantee that any prospect is going to make it at the major league level but about when's his estimated arrival time to the major leagues i think it's it's probably mid-season next year um you know i think he's gotten ample time this year at double a he's been there all season long he even spent 37 games in double a last year so he should definitely open up next year at triple a um, I don't think he's necessarily got that skill set. Like I said, there's still some things to fine tune where he's going to be pressing for the major league team out of spring training, but he's not going to need a heck of a lot of seasoning if the hit tool is already there. So I think by midway next year, the, the Mets should be at least thinking about trying to find a spot for him at second base. One of my followers um, asked, wanted me to ask you, should the Mets be, you know, given the money they gave up, did the, should the Mets have potentially gotten a second player in this deal, or is you know given what they got, they did very well? I, th- I think they did really well. I mean, I really like one for one challenge trades, and if they were going to get a second player, then then you're not getting Acuna. You're getting somebody like Brock Porter, who is a 20 year old pitcher at Single A. He's further away, and there's more question marks because he's just getting his first full season in. Or Owen White, who doesn't have the ceiling of an everyday player like Acuna does. He's a pretty good pitcher, but it's not necessarily that ceiling, like I said. Um, so I, I would have been fascinated to be in that room of, like, the Mets <laughs> just naming higher money totals. Like, mm-hmm. at what point do we need to get to Acuna or Evan <laughs> Carter, who's even better from the Rangers system? But I think they did pretty well just getting to one-for-one and a guy who you could easily see being above average regular pretty soon. I don't mean to put you on the spot with this and certainly not to criticize someone else. I'm sure in this field, you you know, you all respect each other. But I noticed that um, Keith Law at, at The Athletic, while being complimentary of what the Mets had done, had talked about with Acuna that he was a player that had um, maybe a lower floor, but a, um, a higher floor, that he had maybe a higher floor, but a lower ceiling in his estimation and would have preferred if they had taken on some more risk with a player that was further away but had higher upside. You don't seem to feel that way about Acuna. Um, What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not in the negotiation room, so maybe, (laughs) uh, you know, like Sebastian Walcott is a player that I'm really excited about from the Texas Rangers organization, but I don't know if the Rangers were offering Sebastian Walcott. He's in rookie ball right now, was just signed, off the international market this year could very well end up being a better player than Acuna, but is so far away. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for Keith. That That's his preference and that's mm-hmm. totally legit. I totally understand that wanting to go for extra ceiling. I'm not saying like you guys were saying last time, this is not going to be Ronald Acuna jr. The second, right. he's not going to be a 40 Homer type. He's not going to be pushing for 40, 40 uh, anytime soon, or probably at any time in his career, played a different position, different size body. Uh, but to get somebody who I think you could very easily see in the Mets future fits their plan pretty well. I know they have Ronnie Mauricio and there's some thought of maybe he could play second base. 
Acuna is a better second baseman than Ronnie Mauricio. He doesn't have the swing and miss concerns. And again, you can plug him in next year, and it, this isn't a long-term rebuild situation where the Mets don't seem to want to call this whatsoever, and it, it, their moves kind of back that up. All right, so now let's turn to the David Robertson trade uh, with the Marlins, and the Mets get two players there, 18-year-old uh, shortstop Marco Vargas and 19-year-old switch-hitting catcher Ronald Hernandez. And where do you see those players in particular, I guess Vargas, the higher ranked of the two? What can you tell us about them, and where is Vargas, um, would you imagine him slotting in in terms of when you re-rank uh, for Mets prospects? Yeah, I mean, Vargas right now is at number seven. Uh, you know, in the rough draft I've done so far, he's going to stay in that six or seven range, even after we add some draft picks. Uh, he's just a phenomenal hitter, or at least has been through his first two seasons. He's still a complex ball. You know, that hasn't really been tested in that way. You're going up against teenagers or guys with purely raw stuff. They don't always know where it's going, but uh, his swing decisions have been fantastic. He's got an OBP this year of 457. <laughs> I mean, that's even unheard of at that level uh, where guys are walking all over the shop because normally teenagers are undisciplined. They'll, they'll swing at anything. He doesn't do that, especially considering his age. Um, kind of like Acuna, he's moved around the infield already, some short, some third, some second base. Talking to some people, they seem to think he's going to be a second baseman long term. He has a much longer road, um, but I think you know the Mets when they were offered him jumped at the, the possibility because now they have years of development ahead. They can kind of morph him into the player they want him to be because of how long he'll need to de- develop still. But you know, getting guys who don't swing outside the zone this age, those are difficult to find for any farm system, never mind develop. So get that starter kit while you can. Perhaps he isn't of David Robertson. That's really good. Uh, and the other guy they got, you know, the catcher Hernandez. I like, I think he can be above average catcher maybe in time. That's going to take some development. And young catchers don't have a great history. There's lots that can go wrong when you're catching 90 to 100 games a year. Um, but he's another guy with a strong OBP. Has really turned things around this year offensively. So they got two lottery tickets for, again, a half season of a guy who was probably going to leave in the offseason anyway. What would you say to Mets fans? I get this question. Mets fans who say, well, the need at the major league roster is pitching. And here they are getting these 18 and 19 year olds. And they're not, one's a shortstop um, who may convert to second base, but they also have that um, position. And another, a 19 year old uh, catcher. Well, they have that. You know, when you're talking about this, I would assume I always look at it as you're you're trying to get the best overall value as opposed to trading for um, position of need. But strategically, how do you look at this? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it the same way I look at the draft, which is exactly what you said. Take the best player available. If somebody is offering you a shortstop who is a potential top 100 guy like Vargas, um, he's not going to be top 100 when we do our update, but he's knocking on the door, and I can very easily see him take a significant jump going into next year. Uh, if th- he's being offered to you for your reliever, who isn't going to pitch that much the rest of the year, uh, and not certainly pitching meaningful games, jump at the opportunity. This stuff sorts itself out. Look at the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, for years, I've been saying the Orioles should be trying to trade their position players into pitchers or go out and sign pitchers. And they haven't done it, and yet here they are uh, about to close in on the postseason, and we're talking now after they just beat the Yankees again pretty soundly. I mean, they they found ways around it. 
And when you build up depth at really special positions like shortstop, like second base, like center field, that's how great teams are built. You'll figure it out later. Those guys will sort themselves out. Some of them aren't going to make it. Some of them will move to other positions. But get the best players in-house that you can, and when they're offered to you, jump at the opportunity. So specifically on Vargas, I know, that, again, there were Mets fans who looked at it and said, well, he's ranked, I think he was ranked the 18th prospect or something like that in the Marlins organization before you did the re-ranking, and yet he pops up now to six or seven with the Mets. What does that say about, relatively speaking, the state of Marlins farm system, Mets farm system, and also I, I know there's a, a, a term that you see um, is does it mean also that a prospect like Vargas has some quote-unquote helium? He's rising. Yeah, I think it's definitely more the helium than it is um, the state of the Mets system versus the Marlins system. I think they're kind of equal in terms of um, quality right now. I might put the Marlins or the Mets actually a touch ahead of the Marlins after some of these moves uh, because the Marlins just don't have that many top 100 guys, and they're certainly not deep in hitters like the Mets are a little bit more, especially now to the trades. Uh, but yeah, when, when Vargas goes from 18, 18 was our preseason ranking. That was him coming off one season in the Dominican summer league, uh, when he had signed for $17,500. So he put himself on the map, but not enough to be like a top 10 guy. And then we don't move them during the season. So that was frozen in Amber from March. Um, we don't move them until we do our mid season re-rank and we add draft picks after the trade deadline. So he was already going to be climbing 10 plus spots in the Miami system. Now that he was traded to the Mets, offered me an opportunity to kind of course correct too and be like, okay, let me put him in the Mets system where he should belong today, not where he would have been in March. Um, so that's all that says. It's just that he was a climber. He was somebody jump, jumping really onto the radar with his move stateside, and we wanted him ranked appropriately. And then um, also then you're studying these players um, with the draft, and as you are, wh- when is it that you will be doing your, your new rankings and coming out uh, with that for Pipeline, by the way? Yeah, it's it's just around the corner in August. We haven't set a date exactly yet, but you know, keep an eye on MLB Pipeline channels when when we'll announce it. Um, it'll be after the deadline. It's not going to be like the day after. We're still sorting through all these lists uh, coming off the draft and um, seeing where everybody settles in, in at the deadline. But it, it'll be uh, early in August. And do you expect um, a couple of the Mets top draft picks to? Wh- where would you see? Um, how Sprout, where would you see those guys slotting into uh, the Mets rankings? Yeah, uh, so Colin Houck was their, essentially their first-round pick. They didn't draft necessarily in the first 30 picks. They got knocked back 10. But getting Colin Houck, who was a top 15 prospect for us in the draft when the Mets did, was certainly promising. So he'll be right in that mix you know, with a Vargas, with a Mike Vassell, who's actually going to be in, end up being the top pitching prospect. Uh, for the Mets by the time we re-rank. He'll be like a top six or seven uh, prospect. I mean, the Mets didn't have a high pick this year. They weren't drafting like they did last year when they took Kevin mm-hmm. Parada and Jet Williams uh, within the first 15 picks. So, you know, you're not going to get somebody who's immediately threatening to be the number one prospect in the system, especially with Acuna now there. But Colin Houck will, will feature pretty prominently. And you mentioned Mike Vassell. That's the last one I wanted to ask you about, which is um, for the Mets, which is, that you know they trade away a, a Max Scherzer, and they're going to need to get younger in that starting rotation for next year. What um, 
What should we be thinking about a Mike Vassell and where he might project? And could he be um, a potential starter for the Mets as soon as next season? Yeah, I mean, he certainly should be going into the spring competing for a rotation spot. We'll see what other moves they make. I'm sure they'll be active uh, on in the free agent market looking for starting pitching. But Mike Vassell worked his way into being the Mets' top pitching prospect this year, showed really good control at Double A Binghamton, only walked eight guys in 51 innings. Um, this is somebody when he was drafted out of the University of Virginia, didn't have a ton of velocity and added it quickly in the Mets system. So the fact that he's added velocity to the point where now he's averaging around 94 miles an hour with his four-seam fastball, uh, and he's throwing it, he's spotting it pretty well, is certainly a good sign. It, he's getting hit around a little bit at AAA so far through seven starts. Uh, I'm not that worried about it just yet. I think that's the transition to many different things, including the automatic ball strike system that is being used at AAA now. But um, otherwise, everything's pointing in that direction for Mike Vassell. He's not going to replace Max Scherzer. <laughs> Nobody expect, expects him to be an ace. It's more of a number three or number four type profile. But uh, he certainly should be competing for a rotation spot come the spring. Um, and then asking this question for uh, for a friend of mine, which is when – Steve Cohen took over the Mets from the Wilpons. How would you have viewed the overall state of the Mets farm system and you know development um, system from what he inherited and the ground they are trying to make up to now? Yeah, I mean, I will give the Mets credit for this, and I know some people don't give them credit for it, but like in my world in which I care about the prospects and wanting to build up the farm system, they did not ship out the farm. They could have easily, last offseason, instead of going out and signing Justin Verlander, they could have tried to make trades and traded away a Brett Beatty or a Kevin Prada or Ronnie Mauricio. Um, they could have traded those guys away and brought others in and decimated the farm in order to win now. It seems like Steve Cohen has said, listen, money isn't an issue for me. So let's go out and spend money. Let's keep our prospects in-house. Let's make sure Francisco Alvarez is hitting home runs for the New York Mets and not for the Arizona Diamondbacks or some other team. And, you know, the system was certainly better this year. Now some of those guys have graduated. Beatty's graduated. Alvarez has graduated. Mark Dientos has graduated. That left it a little shallow because uh, guys like Kevin Prada haven't had a great year. There's a reason why he's coming off the number one spot, and that's going to Acuna. Ronnie Mauricio has put himself back on the top 100 list, but, you know, there's still some significant swing and miss issues there. Uh, he expands his zone at times. So there isn't that necessarily that big star that you would like, but that just comes with being a competitive team and not having, like I said earlier, a top 10 pick. I mean, it, it's tough to just get stars in your farm system, uh, but kudos to them for keeping the, the good ones that they have around and keeping the, the system at least healthy. And I'm sure they'll be adding to it here with what 36 hours left <laughs> in, in the trade deadline. We're talking to Sam Dykstra from MLB Pipeline, uh, expert on the minor leagues and um, does rankings for Pipeline. And all right, the other um, obviously uh, team, and they played on Sunday Night Baseball. We just mentioned them before the Yankees losing to the Orioles. And the Yankees looking like the, you know, compared to the Orioles, certainly the older, slower, less athletic team. And certainly when Aaron Judge doesn't play, um, that doesn't help also. But um, when you when you look at the Yankees and you think 
they may want to make some upgrades before the trade deadline. Um, let's start with which, if any, of their prospects would you look at and say these guys should be untouchable? Yeah, I don't know if the Yankees necessarily have that guy right now. I mean, it's it's a fascinating debate as like as to who is the Yankees' top prospect. Right now we have it at Jason Dominguez. He's probably going to stay there. Um, I don't know if he's untouchable, though. Like, it, I think if the Yankees were in second place, right now everybody should be on the table. Now, I don't think you trade away Jason Dominguez for, like, hoping you get into the final wild card spot. So I, I guess he's untouchable in that way. Um, but he's not having necessarily a great year at double-A. He's getting a lot of walks, being young at 20 years old. Um, the tools have always kind of been there. He plays center field, might end up in a corner. He's stealing bases, hitting some home runs. It's like you can kind of see it, but he, he's not the Martian that was promised. I'll put it that way, um, that everybody thought he could be. He would be a quick mover. He would be banging down the door to the Bronx. I really like Spencer Jones, their first-round pick from last year, a six foot six guy who can run. He's got some power. The Yankees know what to do with big outfielders. Um, I wouldn't necessarily trade those guys just for like a three game series uh, and a hope at a bite at the apple. Um, but, you know, if the Yankees are serious about making a run, those are the guys that have to be on the table. Now, one guy that you have ranked, um, MLB Pipeline has him ranked as the Yankees' number two prospect right now, and that's Austin Wells. And mm-hmm. a position the Yankees need to upgrade, you would think, after um, Jose Trevino going down. Um, with an injury out for the rest of the season. And that would be catcher. And there's Austin Wells sitting there. And by the way, apparently is Anthony Volpe's, um, you know, chicken parm buddy <laughs> and, and swing coach. But, um, but Austin Wells sitting there as the Yankees number two prospect and he's at triple a. And do you think he is major league ready? And when you look at that, the Yankees would have to give up you know, players to get an upgraded catcher. Um, what could Wells bring to the Yankees right now? I mean, Wells, his his best position has always been hitter mm-hmm. ever since they drafted him in the first round. I mean, yes, he plays catcher. There are a lot of people who think he should be moving to the outfield, kind of like what the Pirates have done with Henry Davis. Um, they've moved him in right field, and then they talk today about, like, hey, we still plan on him being catcher. But, like, Austin Wells, he has improved somewhat as a catcher and he's a little bit closer to average now than it certainly when he was drafted. Um, but the thing you would bring him up for now is just to hit. I mean, he's a left-handed hitter that's always going to play in the Bronx. Uh, he hasn't necessarily banged down the door this year between double A AA and triple A dealt with some injuries. Uh, he can slug the ball and that, that's great. It would be a major question mark for me to bring him up, have him deal with the major league staff plus have to worry about his defense. I, I don't think he's quite ready for that uh, through the second half. Maybe you bring him up the last two weeks just to get him a look at, at that environment. Um, but, yeah, it, Austin Wells, the biggest question mark for him is can he play catcher? So if you have a need for a catcher, I would look elsewhere if, if they can find help somewhere and let him develop and keep him in the system. Is there a Yankees prospect that you would say has some helium right now? Who's a riser in the Yankees system? Yeah, one guy we're talking about a decent amount, and he's ranked at number 24 in our preseason list, but we'll definitely be rising from there, is Chase Hampton. Uh, their six-round pick from last year, 
Um, somebody who, you know, is only 21 years old. He's already at double A, gets a lot of swing and miss, 125 strikeouts in 86 and two thirds innings. Um, works with a fastball curveball slider. Had a reputation as being a blow average in terms of control, but has improved that pretty well uh, this year. He's hit a little bit of a snag at double A, but he's starting to enter some top 100 conversations that were, were happening because of what he's been able to do with that mix and those breaking balls and, and keeping hitters off balance. I mean, it, the way he's getting swing and miss, it's at a nearly elite level. Um, and the Yankees seem to do this. You know, they, they draft really well. They identify pitchers who can work really well in their system, and it seems like Chase Hampton is that next guy. All right, last one before I let you go. When you look at the trades that have happened so far, um, who's the best prospect in your mind that has changed hands? Yeah, it's Acuna uh, so far. I mean, we'll see. Like, it, it feels like every year there's like six or seven top 100 guys who have been moved. So far there's only been two, Luis Angel Acuna and Edgar Caro, who went from the Angels to the White Sox. Um, and even there's some questions of, like, where is he going to fall in the top 100? Currently he's at 65. I think he's going to flip a little bit because he isn't plugging much this year. But, yeah, I think the Mets did really well to get Acuna because you look at some of the, the names that have been traded so far, and there are some exciting ones. But none of them uh, are as close to the majors, are looking like they could be an above-average regular like Acuna does. All right, Sam Dykstra covers the minor leagues, ranks prospects for MLB Pipeline. Um, you can head on over to MLBPipeline.com, and they are definitely a source that others quote when they rank prospects. Sam, appreciate the time and look forward to the new rankings coming in August. Yeah, thanks so much. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.